Go to Judges chapter 16, and I want to look at two verses. Judges 16, verse 19. Judges 16, verse 19. Then she made him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him to shave off the seven locks of his hair. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. How many knows when you're tormented, your strength will leave? <laughs> I thought that was funny. but Verse 20, And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before as other times and shake myself. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him up with bronze feathers, and he became a grinder at the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. This morning, just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, sleeping through a haircut. Look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, don't sleep through a haircut. Sleeping through a haircut for those that have a hair. Amen? Sleeping through a haircut. Lord, we pray that you would bless our time together. Open our ears and our hearts to receive your word. We won't fail to praise you for it. And everyone shouted a great big amen. I love to sleep when I get to sleep. I have trouble sleeping most of the time. And uh, some nights I sleep really well and some nights I don't sleep well. It just really depends. And so, But I, I like to sleep when I can sleep because sleep is a beautiful thing when you can get it. And somebody say amen. Uninterrupted sleep is beautiful. But you know, sleep is a period of rest in which your body can cease from all its activity. I want you to think about how powerful sleep is. When you sleep, your feet will stop walking. When you sleep, your eyes will stop looking. When you sleep, your tongue stops talking. When you sleep, your ears stop hearing. When you sleep, your hands loses their skills. Sleep is a wonderful thing. In fact, you can't live without sleep. Can't live without it. Nobody on the planet can live without sleep. When you sleep, those who are sad forget all of their sadness. The bereaved forget their losses. The hurt, they forget all about their pain when they sleep. Sleep has a way of bringing us all on the common denominator, don't it? When we sleep, we have something in common, don't we? I mean, when the shepherd sleeps, he's equal to the sheep. When the wise sleeps, he's equal to the foolish. When the queen sleeps, she's equal to the poor. When the rich sleeps, he's equal to the peasant. When the saint sleeps, he's equal to the sinner. When the criminal sleeps, he's equal to the judge. Sleep has a way of bringing us all on the same level. Equal level when we sleep. Every creature on the planet sleeps. Birds sleep. 
Wells deep down in the ocean floor, they sleep. Fish sleep. The beast in the wild jungle, they have to take time to sleep. The chicken in the barnyard, it finds time to sleep. That old dog on the porch, it sleeps. The fool sleeps. The philosopher sleeps. Kings sleep. Queens sleep. Farmers sleep. Clergy sleeps. The Pope sleeps. All of us sleeps. I just want you to think about how life would be different if we didn't sleep. Think about it. If we didn't sleep, how much life would be different? I want you to think about this. What if liars never went to bed? How many more lies could they tell? Thank God liars have to go to bed once in a while so they can stop their lying. Can I hear any man? What if, what if thieves never went to bed? How many more flat screen TVs could they steal in the neighborhood? At some time, thieves got to go to bed and thieves got to sleep. What about fornicators? All they're fornicating around, sometime they got to get tired and sleep. Can you imagine if they never slept? We, got a lot, we would get a lot more baby daddies. But thank God they got to sleep. Sleep is a wonderful thing. You've got to stop doing what you're doing and sleep. The rich man can live without servants, but he can't live without sleep. Kings can live without a palace, but they can't live without sleep. Scholars can live without knowledge, but he can't live without sleep. Boxers can live without boxing gloves, but he can't live without sleep. Singers can live without their voice, but they can't live without sleep. Preachers can live without their voice, but they can't live without sleep. Drivers can live without a car, but they can't live without sleep. Teachers can live without a classroom, but you can't live without sleep. What are you saying, preacher? It's simple. You've got to sleep sometime. Although sleep is necessary, you and I know that sleep can be a hindrance. Sleep can be shameful. Proverbs calls the lazy man that swings up on his bed a fool. Because all he does is sleep. Sleep is good. But sleep can be shameful. It can be a hindrance. You know, fire, you can use fire to cook with, but fire can also burn down your house. You can use water to quench your thirst, but water can drown your child. Drugs is wonderful if you're sick, but if you take too much of it, you'll be a dopehead. Nuclear power can light up the city, but it can blow up a country. Sleep is wonderful, but it can be harmful. Are y'all getting with me today? There are times you need to sleep. Pastor David, there are times that you need to wake up. The police 
In Galena, they need to sleep. You all hearing me? Joplin police, they need to sleep, but they don't need to be sleeping when somebody takes my cell phone. You all hearing me? The soldier needs to sleep, but he don't need to sleep when he's on duty. The mother needs to sleep, but she better not be sleeping when her baby is hungry. The husband certainly needs to sleep, but he don't need to sleep when he needs to provide for his family. Doctors need to sleep, but make sure you're not sleeping when you're cutting on me on the operation table. Church members, you need to sleep, but I better not catch you sleeping while I'm preaching. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The captain needs to sleep, but he better not be sleeping when he's steering the boat. And there's an iceberg ahead. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Sleep is wonderful, but sleep can be a curse. You sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that there is an apathy in the land today. There is a spiritual sleepiness over the church. People are sleeping when they should be active in the Lord's service. People are sleeping when, and I am not talking about just physical sleep, but take that principle to the spirit world, and, and yet there are people who are spiritually sleeping and nothing moves them. The sermon don't move them. The songs don't move them. They are in a spiritual apathy. They are sleeping. They are sleeping. But ladies and gentlemen, there is an alarm clock being sounded today. The, there is a spiritual alarm clock. It's being sounded. And we can no longer sleep in the church any longer. We must arise from our sleepiness. We must arise from our apathy. We must arise from our lukewarmness. And we must shake ourselves like the prophets of old and awake ourselves to the time in which we are living in. Does it not bother you that pornography is like an open sewer system in our churches? That drug addiction is number one in America? That teenage suicide is number one in our school system. False doctrine is being propagated in the pulpits of America. Abortion is something that's common. Homosexuality is the accepted lifestyle. Does this not bother us any longer? Is there anybody in the church that still hungers after God? Is there anybody that still loves God and desires for righteousness to flow down the mountain like the rivers of Zion? Does it not bother you, the spiritual apathy of our day? Does it not bother you that we see prayerlessness in the church? We see men and women who go through the emotions and yet nothing moves them. Does it not bother you that our marriages are falling apart? Does it not bother us that our children play more on their cell phones than they talk to us? Does it not bother us? The devil is worried about not our buildings, the devil is not worried about our sermons. The devil is worried about us waking up. He's worried about you waking up. Waking up, there are some sleeping giants in the land today. He's afraid that you wake up. I was, last year, I remember I was getting dressed. I think I was um, getting dressed in the morning and I had turned on the TV. And uh, I think it was Fox News and they were talking about ISIS about how ISIS is 
spreading throughout the world. And they said that in America, and this is what they were saying, and I never forgot it because I stood there and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke something to me. And as I was standing there, um, they said that ISIS could have underground, um, underground places in America that we're unaware of. And that at any time, uh, they could have a, a jihad war and they could attack America. And we're not even aware of it because she said it's sleeping cells in America. They're sleeping cells. We're not aware of it. They're not active. But they could be active one day and fight against the American people. And I thought, boy, that's not very encouraging. So I remember I turned around, went to pick up my shoes, and I heard the Spirit say, but ISIS doesn't realize I got some sleeping cells too. They're found in Missouri, and they're found in Kentucky, and they're found in Tennessee, and they're found in Texas, and they're found in California, they're found in Europe, they're found, come on somebody, they're found in every part of the world. We got sleeping, we got sleeping cells around the world, and it's called the church, and I'm telling you that in the last days, these sleeping cells is going to arise, and we're going to be the victorious church that God has called us to be. We come to a familiar story of a man who slept through a haircut. How can you sleep through a haircut? That's the question I want to ask you. The Bible says in Judges 16 verse 19, the Bible says that Delilah, y'all know who Delilah is? Delilah is that naughty woman y'all know what I'm talking about, that Samson paid a visit to. He went down to Gaza. And anytime you go down to somewhere, you know you're in trouble. He goes down to Gaza and finds a harlot. The Bible says that to make a long story short, verse 19, she made him sleep on his knee. And she called for a man to shave off the seven locks of head. And isn't it amazing? Verse number 20 she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And the Bible says in Judges 16, verse 20, that she said to him, Samson, arise. And the Bible says that Samson got up and said, I'll go out and fight him like I did before. Isn't it amazing that through the haircut, he didn't even wake him up. Another man is rubbing his hands all over his head. And Samson is sleeping through it. And Delilah didn't cut his hair, as we've been taught in Sunday school. It was another man who cut his hair. He shook himself. He said, well, I'll, I'll just go out and fight like I used to fight. The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from the sleep. Who cut his hair? Another man cut his hair. He slept through a haircut. And I've got to ask this church a question. How can you sleep through a haircut? Number one, you sleep through a haircut because Samson teaches us that he was fixated on his feelings and not focused on the facts. He was fixated on his feelings and he wasn't focused on the facts. Just, just let that get inside of you. 
He was fixated on his feelings and wasn't focused on the facts. You see, Samson was a mighty man of God. The Bible says in number 6 he was called to be a Nazarite. And the Bible says that a Nazarite could not touch a dead body. He couldn't drink alcohol and he couldn't cut his hair. That was the, the word of the Lord to this man. The angel came to his mother. She was barren and said, you're going to have a son. He's going to be a Nazarite and he cannot touch a dead body. He can't drink alcohol and he can't cut his hair. You see, Samson was going to be the last judge of Israel to lead his people in victory against the Philistines. And God gave this man incredible strength to fight against the Philistines. As a matter of fact, he is the strongest man in the Bible. But what's sad is that he never lived up to his purpose. He never lived up to his potential because of his weakness. His weaknesses got a hold of him. His weakness was women. And the Philistines knew that. And the Philistines was sick of Samson. And the Philistines come up with an idea. You know what the idea was? The Bible says in Judges 16 verse 4, look at it. Judges 16 verse 4, this was what they said to Delilah. The Bible says afterwards it happened that there was a woman. Verse number 5, And the lords of the Philistines came to her and said, Entice him and find out where his great strength lays, and that we might overcome him, and that we might bind him and afflict him. So they came to, the, they came to uh, Delilah and said, Listen, we know he has a weakness with women. Why don't you go and find out where he gets his great power from? And we're going to pay you 1,100 pieces of silver. We're going to pay you. You go find out what his great power is or where it comes from that we might afflict him and take it from him. And so that's exactly what Delilah did. Delilah seduced him with fornication and sexual pleasure and gratification and Samson fell right into it. Delilah got her 1,100 pieces of silver and so Delilah played a game with Samson. I don't have time to read the game to you, but this is what she did. She said, baby, tell me, where, you, where do you get your power from? The Bible says she did it three times. Matter of fact, look at it. Judges 16, verse 6. I can't read the whole story to you, but you see what happens. You'll get the gist of it. Verse 6, Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where you get your great strength that I may bind you and afflict you. Now hold on here. I don't know how I would take that if somebody said, I want to bind you and afflict you. But I don't, maybe Samson liked that. Who knows? <laughs> Delilah's like, you know, I, I just want to bind you and afflict you and it didn't bother Samson. Samson's like, okay, all, all, all right, all right. You know you're on drugs. Can I hear an amen? You know, <laughs> y'all, y'all help me out <laughs> Delilah is like that I may bind you and afflict you tell me where your great power comes from Verse she does it again verse number 10 she does it a second time second time Delilah verse 10 and Delilah said to Samson look you've mocked me tell me where your great power comes from now tell me so verse 11 so he said if you will buy me securely with new rope that's never been used I will become weak like every other man. So therefore Delilah took new rope, bound him up, and she said, the Philistines are up on you, Samson. And all these men were laying in wait, staying in the room. And he broke them off 
of his arms like a thread. You see what's happening here. The first time Delilah said, Delilah said, Samson, where do you get your great power from? And so Samson's like, well, verse number six says, Samson said, well, if you tie me with seven bowstrings, if you tie me with seven bowstrings, then, then, you know, I'll tell you where my great strength comes from. So she ties him up with seven bowstrings. She wakes him up. He gets up and breaks it off. So verse number 10, she says, now, Samson, you're lying to me. Tell me where you get your great power and strength from. Verse number 10, you've mocked me, Samson. Tell me where you're getting your great strength from. And then Samson's like, well, if you tie me with new rope, you got to have new rope. Tie me securely. She lied to her again. He fell asleep. He awoke. He broke the rope. Verse number 13, the third time Delilah says to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me all of these lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave my hair, if you braid my hair in seven locks, that's where I get my great strength from. He falls asleep. Delilah wakes him up. He gets up. And he kills the Philistines. Now, let me just stop here. Three times Delilah is saying, tell me, tell me, tell me. And then each time... Samson is lying to her. Now, I've got to ask the question, why is Samson lying to her? Because he knows this chick ain't no good. He knows that this woman is no good. Why would you lie to the chick if you thought she was good? This chick ain't no good. Look to your neighbor and say, this chick ain't no good. And yet he's lying to her. Because he knows she's no good. And top it all off, he knows the Philistines is there. He knows they're coming in to try to kill him. And he knows that Delilah is doing it. But everything changed in verse number 15. Because the fourth time, this is the key I want you to see. The fourth time, Delilah said this. Now, this is an emotional plea here. Verse 15, Judges 16, verse 15. And then she said, how can you say I love you with your heart and your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you haven't told me where your great strength comes from. And it came to pass that as she passed him daily with her words and pressed upon him that his soul was vexed to death and she told him all of his heart. What happened? This woman, Delilah, was lied to by Samson three times. And then she flips the script and says, Samson, Samson baby, if you love me, you will tell me. I don't know if you got what I just said. If you love me, you will tell me. Point number one. The reason that Samson fell was because he was fixated on his feelings and not focused on the facts. He knew she wasn't good. He knew that she called the Philistines. He knew that Delilah was no good because that's why he lied to her. But he changed his mind because he had feelings for her and he ignored the facts. What was the fact? The fact is Delilah is no good. The fact is Delilah is scheming 
with the Philistines, and he knew that, and at the same time he fell for it and opened up his heart and told her because he exalted his feelings over facts. And you will get in trouble every time, church, when you follow your feelings and not follow in facts. Samson chose his feelings over facts. If you love me, Samson, you will tell me. And so Samson's feelings got involved over the facts. He ignored the facts and he, or yeah, he ignored the facts and gave in to his feelings. What made him so weak? I'll tell you what made him so weak. He gave in to his feelings and ignored the facts. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. He chose to ignore the facts. And the greatest damage that can ever be done to you is not somebody lying to you. It's the lies that you believe about yourself. You can ignore the facts. The truth can be right in front of you and you can ignore it. Having feelings is not bad. Having feelings doesn't make you weak. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to show feelings. But this is the thing. When you let your feelings override facts and truth, that's when you get in trouble. I'm going to say that again. When you let your feelings override the truth, that's when you get in trouble. And I have pastored the church for 14 years since I was 22 years old. And that's the problem that Pentecostals get involved in. They're always so emotionally driven and always all about the feelings that they don't know how to follow the Spirit. And I hate to say that. I love you, and I'm not pinpointing anybody. I just That's a general observation that I've made in ministry is that people get in trouble when you follow feelings and you don't follow the fact or you don't follow the truth. Listen, feelings can be real. Feelings are powerful. Feelings are passionate. We have them. It's okay to have them, but you should never exalt feelings over the truth. You should never exalt feelings over the truth or over the facts. Listen, facts, or listen, feelings are not accurate. Feelings can be misleading. Feelings change. You can drown in a sea of feelings if you don't have facts to hold on to. God nowhere in Scripture speaks to our feelings. How do you hear from God? It's not through your feelings. You can't prove one Scripture where that's true. But in Scripture, God speaks to us through His Word, he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through wise counsel. He speaks to us, can in Scripture, through an angelic visitation. He speaks to us through dreams and prophetic words, signs and wonders, through church leadership. God speaks to us that way. But the Scripture doesn't say that He speaks to us through our feelings because feelings are fickle. Feelings change. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. You can't follow your feelings all the time. You feel like you can't do it. You feel like you can't make it. You feel it's too much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is feelings. Feelings can be misleading. And you can't believe everything you think and you can't believe everything you feel either. So part of growing up in God is learning how to lean upon the still small voice of the Holy Spirit in spite of how you feel that's in conjunction to the Word of God. Not how you feel. False feelings can keep you out of the will of God. Nobody wants to go on the mission field. That's a no-brainer. You can talk yourself out of the will of God by your feelings Every day. Nobody wants to pray. Who has a desire just to get up and just pray for hours? Nobody has that. 
Your feelings can keep you out of the will of God. So number one, he was fixated on his feelings instead of facts. That's why he fell. And you're going to fall too if you rely upon feelings instead of facts. Number two, his desire for Delilah was deeper than his devotion to God. His desire for Delilah was deeper than his devotion to God. You see, anything, anything that takes greater priority than God, anything that takes greater priority then the kingdom of God become an idol. That means your job can become an idol. Your children can become an idol. Social media can become an idol. Relationships can become an idol. If you focus more attention on that than chasing God, then it can become an idol. And Samson spent more time chasing women than he did chasing after God. His devotion to Delilah was deeper than his devotion to God. And let me ask you a question. How is that possible? Because, let me give you this point, your desire can distort your discernment if your deepest desire isn't for God. How is it that Samson did not know the Holy Spirit wasn't with him? How is it possible that Samson did not know that God wasn't with him? How can you do all these mighty miracles? How can Samson be used so mightily of God and not even know that God wasn't with him. Because when your desire, your desire can distort your discernment if your deepest desire isn't for God. Samson didn't know that God was no longer with him. The Bible says, and he knew not, verse 20, that the Spirit of the Lord was not with him. How did he not know that? How was he so prideful that he thought he could just arise and take the Philistines? Did he, why didn't he have enough discernment to know that God wasn't with him? Because his devotion to Delilah was deeper than his devotion to God. And your, if your desire is not for God, then your discernment is going to be distorted. You can have as much as God as you want. We hear all kinds of people saying, boy, I wish I could have more of God. Well, who is stopping you from having more of God? If you are relying on a church service to give you everything about God, then you're sadly mistaken. you got six days a week to get as much of God as you want. Who is stopping you from getting more of God? Do you know who God speaks to? It's those that have a desire for God. Do you know who God reveals Himself to? It's those who have a desire for God. Do you know who God reveals Himself to? It's those who have a desire. Delilah had a hold of Samson, and Samson had more of a desire for Delilah than he had for God. And because of that, his discernment was distorted. And when you desire everything else instead of God and His kingdom... Your discernment in life will be distorted. You'll start running after things that think it will give you happiness because somehow your discernment is distorted because your desire is in the wrong place. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, 
For they will be filled. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, and the prophet said, and you will seek me and you will find me and you will search with me with all of your heart. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Do you know why you don't have enough God? It's because your desire is not deep. Deep enough. You can have as much as God as you want. It's contingent upon your desire. How much desire do you have of God? How much desire and hunger do you have of God? Is this just a Sunday thing? Is this a Wednesday thing? Or has He captivated everything about your life? His devotion to Delilah was deeper than his devotion to God. Is your devotion to your job more than your devotion to God? Is your devotion to relationships greater than your devotion to God? Is your devotion to your checkbook greater than your devotion to God? Do you have a Delilah that you're devoted to? His desire was deeper for Delilah than his devotion to God. Number three, he perverted the purpose of his power for personal pleasure. God gave him, God gave him strength to fight against the enemy, the Philistines. God gave him the ability to fight against the Philistines, but do you know that nowhere in the story of Samson, does he do that? As a matter of fact, the Bible says he goes down to Gaza and rips a lion apart because he was in love with a girl. He misused his power for personal pleasure. He didn't use it to fight off the Philistines. Listen, when God blesses you, He don't bless you for you to keep it to yourself. If you are using your blessing just for your benefit and your family's benefit, then you're missing out. You're perverting the purpose of God. He blessed you so you can be a blessing to someone else. And Samson never used his power to defeat the Philistines. At the end of his life he did, but he missed out on his destiny. He was chasing after women. He was chasing after Delilah. He was using his great strength to show off. Even his parents said, Samson, don't run after those women. Find a woman, find an Israelite, not a Philistine. And yet he used his great power to get women. He perverted the purpose of his power for personal pleasure. And how many in the church world is using their blessings for their own personal pleasure and not using it to benefit someone else? He blessed you so you can be a blessing to someone else. He has abused you. He's calling you to be a river and not a reservoir. He's called you to be a container. He's called you to be a vessel and not a container. Are you a river or are you a reservoir? Does the blessing of God flow out of your life to someone else? Are you a hero to somebody or are you a zero to somebody? When people get around you, do they hear negativity and complaining? And what, what river are you demonstrating in your life? What kind of river is flowing out of your life? Are you using your blessings to pervert your own personal pleasure? What about it? What about it, church? 
Number four, he cited a spurious source of his strength. He cited a false source to his strength. You see, we think that the source of his strength was his hair. But I would, I'm closing with this, I would disagree because the Bible says in Judges 14, and don't lose me because this is important, Judges 14 verse 8, the Bible says in Judges 14 and verse number 8, the Bible says after some time when he returned to get her, he turned aside, you see, Judges 14 verse 8, look at it. The Bible says he was returning to get her. What was he doing? Using his power to get women. He wasn't using his power to defeat the Philistines. He's going to get another girl. Then he, he turns aside to see a carcass and a lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey was in the carcass. Verse number 9, the Bible says that he took some of it with his hands. Let's stop there. Hold on. Remember what I said? He is a Nazarite, and a Nazarite could not touch a dead body. He could not drink alcohol, and he can't cut his hair. That was the requirement from the angel that I did not read to you. It was given to his mother that this man is a special man that's going to deliver the Philistines and there's three requirements that he can't do. Can't touch a dead body, he can't drink alcohol, and he can't cut his hair. But what does Samson do? He sticks his hand in a dead carcass. Judges 14 verse 8, he sticks his hand in a dead carcass. He already broke number one. He can't touch a dead thing. So Samson is playing games with God. Samson is playing around. He's not keeping his requirements. He's not following the instructions. He's sticking his head, his hand in a dead body. Then the Bible says in Judges 14 verse 7, Judges 14 verse 7, the Bible says that he goes down uh, and he sticks his hand in a carcass. Verse 17, Judges 14 verse 17, the Bible says he went to a feast that lasted seven days. What do you do at a feast? You drink wine. He was there not one day, he was there seven days partying. So what is going on with Samson? He's already violating the will of God. You cannot touch a dead body, Samson. He's already putting his hand in it. He's already touching a dead body. It's inferred that he's drinking wine, he's celebrating, he's partying for seven days. He's having a good time. He should be out fighting the Philistines, but he's out partying. So ladies and gentlemen, his power wasn't found in his hair. His power was found in his devotion to God. And he kept breaking it, and God said, that's it. That's it. You cut your hair, you violated the last one, I'm going to take the power from you. It wasn't found in his hair, it was found in his devotion to God. And even in the midst of that, when listen to this, even when Samson was violating God's kingdom, Judges 14 verse 6 says, Judges 14 verse 6, even when Samson was messing up, the Spirit would still come upon Samson. And the Spirit come mightily upon him. Is it possible that you can live in sin and still be anointed? Yes. And that's the great tragedy of people in sin. They could still be anointed Still doing great wonders for God. And God is saying, I'm giving you time to get it right. I'm being merciful. And God's Spirit was still upon Samson. 
The Bible says in Judges 14, verse 19, it happened again. Judges 14, verse 19, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him again. Even when Samson is disobeying God, God was still merciful to him. What are you saying, preacher? I am saying, I am saying that his devotion was not found in his hair, but his devotion was found in God. Excuse me, his devotion was found in his women, and it wasn't found in God. And when he started breaking the commandments, his spirit started slowly being taken from Samson. You see, you see, Delilah said, Samson, I'm almost done, church. Samson, tell me the secret of your power. And what did Samson do after she pestered him all night? After she got on his nerves, she, he said, okay, my secret is found in my hair. No, it wasn't Samson. It was not. Samson, your discernment is off. He thought it was in his hair. Delilah thought it was in his hair. You've got to be careful in finding your strength in something that people have access to. You've got to be careful in finding your strength in something that people have access to. Delilah thought she had access to his strength. And so therefore she cut it. And when people think they have access to your strength, they'll wear you out and take it from you. But if you can find your strength not in things that people have access to, but in your devotion to God, can't nobody ever cut your hair. Did you hear me? Can't nobody ever cut your hair if your devotion is found in God. Don't find your strength in your job. You know why you don't need to find your strength in your job? Because they can cut. They can lay you off. Don't find your strength in your salary because recession can come. Don't find your strength in your title because it can be cut and you can lose your job. Don't find your strength in a relationship because they can leave you. Where does my strength come from? My strength comes from the Lord God Almighty. You've got to be careful. You don't find your strength in something people have access to. Samson, you're wrong, baby. You're wrong. Your strength was never found in your hair. It's found in your devotion to God. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my strength. And you know what the Bible says in Judges 16, verse 28? Judges 16, verse 28. Judges 16, verse 28. Samson never realized this. Samson never realized it. But at the end of his life, at the end of his life in Judges 16, verse 28, when the enemy took him, took out his eyes, put him at the grinder, the Bible says that Samson standing between the two pillars, and the Bible says at the end of his life, in verse 28, Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me and strengthen me. Finally, at the end of his life, Samson realized that my strength is not found in women. My strength is not found in my hair. My strength only comes from God. 
He finally realizes where his strength comes from at the end of his life. If he would have told Delilah, and Delilah said, well, where, where do you get your strength from? If he would have said, my devotion to God, Delilah couldn't cut anything from him. Greatest thing about this story is that Samson's hair began to grow again. No matter if you find yourself like Samson and you're losing out, you perverted the purpose of God and you've focused on your feelings instead of facts and you've looked at the wrong sources in your life for strength. Maybe you're here today and you think, I don't know where to turn, Pastor, but there's always hope. There's hope today. Because the Bible says that Samson's hair began to grow again. That tells me that no matter what you've done in your life or how bad you've messed up, your hair can grow again. You can have another chance. Hallelujah. I said you can have another chance. His hair began to grow again. I'm about to get too excited. Can I tell you something before I go? Can I tell you something before I go? Do you know that Samson, his mother had an angelic visitation from God and said you're to have a baby for a special purpose. In the New Testament, a little girl by the name of Mary had an angelic visitation and said you're going to have a baby and he's going to save his people from their sins. Samson, the Bible says, was called to be a Nazarite. But the Bible says that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and raised in Nazareth. The Bible says that Samson had great strength, but the Bible says Jesus has great power. Power to walk on water. Power over demons. Power over sicknesses. And power over disease. Somebody say amen. Samson, when he died, Samson stood between two pillars. But when Jesus died, he stood between two thieves. When Samson died, he killed the Philistines. But when Jesus died, he killed death, hell, and the and came up victorious. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that in Jesus, your hair can grow again. Hallelujah! In Jesus, my hair can grow again. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen, 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 amen. So glad that this story teaches us that I am not defined just by my weaknesses. I'm defined by the Word of God. And I can have another chance. And I can have the anointing back. And I can have my hair grow again. Because He hasn't given up on me. I'm not trash. God still specializes in miracles. Is there anybody in the building that can wave your hand and say, thank God my hair can grow back again? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He focused on his feelings instead of facts. You've got to be careful. Because if you have an emotional life, you won't have a devotional life. Grow up. Quit being followed by your feelings. Hopping and jumping and skipping and feeling this way and feeling that way. Stop it. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to the word. Listen to wise counsel. Listen to instruction. Listen to wisdom. Listen to leadership. Number two, his desire for Delilah 
was deeper than his devotion to God. Number three, he perverted the purpose of his power for personal pleasure. What about it, folks? How much desire do you have? 